It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Defending the Faith. We're so glad that you joined us on today's program. Now, my name is Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor of Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, our church is down in South Bossier City, and we're a non-denominational congregation. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us, come join us uh, for one of our upcoming services. We have Wednesday night services at 7 o'clock p.m., and then on Sundays, we have two services on the Lord's Day. At 1045 in the morning, we have our main service, and then we're a little bit old-fashioned. We have church at night. It's a 6 o'clock service, and honestly... It usually is the most powerful one. Uh, But if you don't have a church home, we want to make an invitation to you. We preach the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach that there is hope for every soul and that God's desire is to reconcile you to Himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need a church home, come worship the Lord with us at Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, as we get into this program, we pray that this message is a blessing to you. We pray that God would speak to you, that it would be anointed and minister to you. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at kjcword, that's kjcword, at gmail.com. You can email me anytime. And now let's go ahead and get on into the message. God bless you. In Proverbs 25 and verse 25, the Bible says, As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. How many of you know what it's like on a hot day when you've been working out in the sun? You get a cool drink of water, it makes a big difference than when you get a lukewarm glass of water. One day I left my water in my truck, it was 90 degrees, and I was thirsty. I was so thirsty, and I tried to take a drink of it, but I was better off not even taking a drink of it. It just didn't do any, it didn't help any at all. And, and sometimes, you know, you can get bad news, and it's, you would rather people not even talk to you at all than whenever you get bad news. But the Bible here is talking about whenever somebody brings good news from a far country, it is like cold water to your soul. It re- what it does is it refreshes you. It refreshes you. And what we want to do this morning is bring cold water from a far country. We're going to bring cold water from a far country. We're going to talk about the far country that we're all going to be headed to, Lord willing, which is heaven. We want to talk about the heavenly city. And that good news is like cold water for our soul. You see, every single person, whether they're saved or not, is going to spend eternity somewhere. We all will spend eternity somewhere, and that where is determined upon your belief. Your belief on what? Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did for you. If Jesus has justified you before God, or if you try to justify yourself, that alone is what hinges your eternity. Eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. And so what we're going to be looking at this morning is a a far country. It is far from here. How many of you know heaven is not here yet? We still have disease. We still have heartache. We still have tears. We still have sorrows. We still have death. We still have thorns and thistles. But heaven will not contain any of those things. And it's going to be, it's going to be uh, as we were singing this morning at the nursing home, what a day that will be. What a day that will be. And so um, in order to do this, I want to uh, bring you to uh, Revelation chapter 21 is where we're going to start at. 
this morning. Revelation 21 is about the summation uh, of the end. And, and there's three things that you need to know about heaven uh, that we're going to be talking about this morning. What is it? Who's there and how do we get there? What is it? Who's there and how do we get there? And so we're going to be answering those questions about heaven this morning. And, and, um, there, and actually, those three questions, there's something about heaven that you need to understand. And this will help you understand the Bible. Uh, there are three heavens. There, the, when the Bible uses the word heaven, it, there's three heavens. There's heaven, which is the sky, where the birds fly. That's, called a, that's the first heaven. The second heaven is space, where all the planets are. Unless you're a flat earther. Uh, <laughs> but the second heaven is space where all the planets are. And the third heaven where Paul was caught up to in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, the third heaven is where God is. It is where God's throne is. And that's where uh, the heavenly city is. So whenever Paul said that a guy was caught up to the third heaven and he had all these visions of paradise, that's where, that's where God lies. And so um, the, the heavens, uh, you need to understand those differences. And also you need to understand this difference. Uh, one day heaven will come to earth. Amen. And that's what we're going to look at here. Um, one of the things that we want to look at is Revelation 21, beginning in verse number 2. It says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, and you're going to need to remember this for another verse in a minute. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. Now this gives you a description about heaven. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. This is a, a beautiful description about what heaven will be like towards us, how we will interact. There will be no sorrow, no pain, no crying, no death, and God will be there. This is what, as Paul described in 2 Corinthians 12, this is paradise. No pain. No sorrow, no tears. As the song says, there will be no parting over there. Once you get to where heaven is, there will be no more parting. You see, here and now, whenever we find somebody, we meet somebody, we love somebody, we become family with somebody, at some point in time, we will part with them. Either they will leave before us or we will go before them. But one of us is leaving. And then the next one will leave. And then the next one will leave. Here, there is always parting because we are in a house of flesh. We are in a mortal body. I know I don't have to tell you that because our bodies fall apart. Our bodies are all the time drooping and dragging and falling down. That's just how they are because they're mortal. But there will be a day when mortality will be swallowed up within mortality. There will be a day when Jesus sounds the trumpet and He descends and, and the clouds break forth and the Lord descends and He calls us home. And on that day, our mortal bodies will be swallowed up with immortality. Then we will be in heaven. Then we will know, as the verse says here, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more pain, and no more death. 
That day is coming. And that day is fast approaching for some of us. Some of us it may be today. And some of us it may be in a month. And some of us it may be in ten years. But we've all got a date with that destiny. The Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. So every single one of us at some point in time will give up the ghost. You can't outrun death. And those who are blood-bought, born-again Christians will go to heaven, a far better country than the one we live in. I love America, but heaven's a lot better. America is great, but there is no more death. There is no more pain. Can you imagine what it's like to live and not die? Can you imagine what it's like to live a life of no pain, no sorrow? You know, now we get our feelings hurt, we sorrow. I suppose there we won't be getting our feelings hurt no more. We'll be quite all right because we're going to be in God's presence. Amen. Amen? Now, how sure is this? It says in the next verse, He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. See, Jesus is saying he's putting his seal on this vision. He said, this is true and faithful. You can take it to the bank. This is what heaven is. And there will be a day when we go there. Now, let me show you one other thing. Uh, move over to verse number 21. It goes through the great city of the, the holy Jerusalem. And, and it goes through lots of different details. I encourage you to read this chapter. Let me take you to verse number 21 as, as we're coming down to the end of the gates. Uh, how many of you have heard of the streets of gold before? This is where it's found. It says, In the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city, that's the New Jerusalem, was pure gold. Pure gold. As it were, transparent glass. Now I've heard this before too. Is that gold in its... With, with all the impurities removed from it is, is like glass. Is that not amazing? That's amazing. Verse number 22, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. I want to show you that this morning because in heaven there is no need for the sun. The lamb outshines the sun. How amazing is that? There will be no darkness. There will be no night. There will be no darkness because God is there and in His presence is day. Amen? All things are alive in Him and, it, and it's of the day in heaven. It's continuously day, continuously life, continuously no tears, continuously no sorrow. And that is where our country is, where we're going to. Amen? Now, one of the things that, that we do is a lot of times uh, we end up getting our priorities out of whack and we begin to live for the wrong things. And I want you to know this morning that God is calling you to live as a pilgrim in this life that you may go to be in heaven with Him. This life is a pilgrimage for every person. This life is a pilgrimage experience. We are strangers in a foreign land. 
It's all throughout the Bible. There's so many different examples and types of God's people being in a land that was not their home. Whether it's Israel when they're in Babylon, or, or Israel when they're in Egypt, or us now as where we are today. We are not home. This world is not our home. And one day, this life will be over and this world will be over. And all that will remain is whether you are in heaven or whether you are in hell. One of the great examples of this uh, we find in the Hall of Fame of Faith. This is uh, in Hebrews chapter 11. I want to show you what motivated Abraham and what, what really uh, placed him in the Hall of Fame of Faith. So if you, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Hebrews chapter number 11 this morning. Hebrews Chapter number 11. And we're going to be picking it up in verse number 8. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. If you remember this passage in Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham out of Ur. God, God told Abraham, I'm calling you out of the place that you know, and I want to take you to a better place. And Abraham believed God. And not only did Abraham believe God, but Abraham obeyed God. Many of you know that that's two different things. You can know that something is true and not obey it. And, and, and so many times, I think a lot of people in the church, they're stuck with understanding something but not acting on it. it. How would it have been for Abraham if he would have said, you're right, God, I know the best thing for me to do is to leave Ur. But then he never left Ur. He would have missed out on God's blessing and God's promises for him and for his seed. Amen? And so many times we understand that this world is not our home, that God is calling us to not dwell in it. That's a type of coming out of the world and living unto God now. Whenever Abraham left, he didn't know where he was going. In fact, he never had a permanent home. I've heard it said before of the nation of Israel, whenever they built a house, they always left one wall unfinished. One wall, just studs. You know why? To remind them that this world is not their home. This is not a permanent dwelling. And, and we would do good, we would do good to be like that, to, to remind ourselves that this world is not all that there is. You know, we get caught up in, in all the stuff going on to us, about us, for us, why somebody did this, why somebody did that, why, when am I going to get a raise, when am I going to get a car, when am I going to get married, when am I going to retire, when am I going to get well, when am I going to do this? But there's coming a day, the clock is ticking, for each one of us on our exit out of this temporary place. And a cool drink of water to the soul is to remind yourself of the country where we're going. If you'll keep in mind where you're going, it will refresh your soul. You wonder why you get weary? You wonder why you get burned out? You wonder why you lose vision? It's because you're not taking a cool drink of the water reminding yourself of how beautiful and how glorious heaven is and how just in a short amount of time we're going to be there if you're bought with the blood of Jesus. In just a short amount of time, we shall all be there. And I, I pray 
that we all make it to the other side. <laughs> That's, you know, that is uh, you know, something that, that we will all experience is death. And see, Abraham acted on God's Word. It says that God called him out of his home, and God uh, told him, if you will go, I'll show you a place, and Abraham obeyed. In fact, his name at that time was Abram. He was just one. But he became a father of many nations only because he obeyed God. He obeyed God. He left. And some of you need to leave her. Some of you are too caught up in her. And if Abraham would have been all about his self and his life and his retirement and his house and his goods and his family and his this and his that, he would have never left her. Because, well, how am I ever going to take care of my, my house if I leave it? Don't you know he had a house in Ur? We, all we know about Abraham is that he was a sojourner. He was a pilgrim. He was a stranger. He was a tent dweller. He was just, uh, you know, a, a Bedouin. He just went here, there, and wherever with his tent. But don't you know whenever he lived in Ur, he had a home? He had a family? He had a business, I'm sure. He had a job. And he left everything that he knew and everything that he had to pursue God. And spiritually, some of you need to leave her. Some of you need to remember that this life is not all that there is. There's a better future for you, a better country to attain. Some of us are, 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 are too earthly minded. You know, the, the, there's an old saying, and I, I disagree. The old saying is, that guy's too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. I completely disagree. I think the more heavenly minded you are, the better the earth is. The more earthly-minded you are, the more you're going to be stressed out and worried about everything and mad at everybody, and, and you're going to be wondering why nobody shook your hand, why nobody called you, why nobody did this, and why nobody did that. You can't be heavenly-minded and worried about all that kind of mess. Amen. Tell me somebody that's heavenly-minded that gossips and backbites. Tell me somebody that's heavenly-minded that, that, that has an affair, that, that is a sodomite. Tell me somebody that, that is heavenly-minded that is a liar or a drunkard. You can't do it. So I completely, I completely refute that statement. And I think the more heavenly minded you are, the better off this earth will be. Amen. So it says here in verse 8 that, that Abraham was called out. Um, he was called out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. So here I want you to see that Abraham became a willing pilgrim. And God's calling you to become a willing pilgrim in this life. To not place all your eggs in this basket, but in the one that you can't see. Amen. To live for future. To live for the life to come. You see, whenever you, whenever you are a pilgrim or a sojourner, you begin to live differently. Someone who is a pilgrim doesn't build a house, a permanent house. A pilgrim builds a tent because they understand they're going to be moving the next day or the next week. You see, a pilgrim does not try to, to, to do anything to the land other than just live and get through it. To get, get through it. That's all a pilgrim tries to do is just get through. I'm just trying to get through to the other side. Just trying to get through. And that's what a pilgrim does. Sometimes we as pilgrims don't live as pilgrims. 
And so here's a question that I want to ask you. What country do you live more for? The here and now? Or the one you're going to be in for eternity? As we just saying, 10,000 years from now, we're still going to be worshiping. We're still going to be singing about God's grace and God's love for us in 10,000 years. And yet, too many of us live for this country now and not the country we're going to dwell in for eternity. I'm all about it. And, and when I'm talking about country, I'm not just talking about America. The, the, biblically speaking, the country is the place you live in. It's just talking about normal life. And so many people live for this normal life when it's fleeting. The Bible says it's a vapor. It's here today and gone. Do we have eternity in heaven or hell? Paul, whenever he was caught up to the third heaven, described it as paradise. And I would think the exact opposite would describe hell. Weeping and gnashing of teeth, burning on fire, but the worm dieth not. Somebody says, well, I don't think you should preach about hell. Well, you know what? Jesus preached about hell more than anybody else in the Bible. Look it up. Nobody preached about hell more than Jesus Christ. He's trying to get a message across to folks. They're going to burn in hell if they reject Him. Look at verse number 9. It says, By faith He sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with Him of the same promise. Question. Is this a strange country to you? Or are you, are you all too familiar with this country? Some, some people don't even know all 66 books of the Bible. But they can tell you all 66 people on a football team. I used to be that way. You know, ask me how many books of the Bible there are, much less what order they are, the names, none of that. But I can tell you who plays what position and who the backup is. Tell you who the, who the third backup safety is for the Cowboys. Can't tell you no books of the Bible, though. You know what that shows? It shows where our priority is. It shows you what country we live for. It shows you what country we live for. If you can name the line of succession from the president all the way down to the Speaker of the House, to the Secretary of State, if you can name the line of succession for America, but you can't name the line of succession for Jesus Christ... From David all the way down? Come on, where's our priorities? Living for the wrong country. Which, which one means more to us? Which one is more precious to us? You see, we, we, we are so inundated with Ur when we've got a better country to live for. We've got a better country to live for. And listen, this message, if you'll receive it, it'll be like water, cool water for your soul. It will give you a fresh vision for life. It, you, if you'll receive what God has for you this morning, it will refresh your soul. You see, whenever you live for heaven and you're just passing through, who cares if somebody parked in your parking spot? Amen. If you live for heaven and you're just passing through, who cares if your neighbor didn't cut your grass or you cut theirs accidentally? If you're a pilgrim and you're just passing through this land, you live differently. You, you order your steps differently. And some of us, we live for Ur. We live for Ur. And God's called you to live for a better country. Look what Abraham did in verse number 10. 
This, this is why Abraham is in the hall of fame of faith, which is Hebrews 11. Look at verse number 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for a heavenly city. He wasn't looking for an earthly city. He was looking to where he could live with God. That is what he lived for. He lived to pursue God. He was living after and pursuing after getting close to God. And he didn't care about how many acres of land he had. Look what he did with Lot. He let Lot have whatever he wanted. You remember that story? Whenever their herds were overgrowing and, and they decided to part company, he told Lot, "Go pick whatever you want. I'll take whatever you don't. Why? It didn't matter to Abraham. Because he wasn't living for this place. He was looking for the place to come. He was looking for the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. And that, if we live with that in mind, it, we, will, we will do well as saints of God. Okay, skip down to verse number 13. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises. You see, Abraham, whenever he died, he never got, to, he never got in that permanent city of God. Amen? He never got in that permanent city of God. He continually seeked after it all his life. He saw the promise from afar off, and he lived seeking after it all his days. Look what it says. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that everybody that Abraham went up to, he said, Hello, I confess that I am a stranger and pilgrim on this earth. Do you think that he did that? He didn't do that. You know how he confessed that he was a stranger and pilgrim on this earth? Because he believed that this earth was not his home. That's how his confession was made. He confessed that he was a pilgrim and a stranger on this earth because he didn't live for this earth. He lived for the heavenly city. And by living that way, by embracing that promise and living, being motivated by that promise, it was a confession of his belief. Amen? So your life speaks about what you live for. The way that you live your life and the things that you do with your life confesses what you believe. You know, you can say a lot of stuff with your mouth, but you also say a lot of stuff with your life. Amen. You know, a lot of people say that they're right with God, but they're not right with God. A lot of people can say the right things. I always tell this story, you know, if... Uh, if a husband tells a wife that he loves her a hundred times a day, but one time a week lays a whooping on her, which one means more, the words or the actions? Actions speak louder than words. And Abraham's actions confessed that he was a pilgrim and stranger in this earth. His actions spoke. It wasn't just his words, it was the way that he lived. The way that he lived, everybody knew he was not all about this life. So whenever people look at your life, what do they think? What does your life confess about you? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Does your light shine that you're looking for the heavenly city? 
that you're going to heaven, that that's where, you're, that's where you desire to be, that's where you're going. Everything in your life is it all about getting there. If it is, you'll begin to walk differently. Amen? Amen. Like I said earlier, somebody that is heavenly minded is not going to be caught up in, in going clubbing. Somebody that's heavenly minded is not going to be caught up in the latest gossip and backbiting. If you're heavenly minded, how are you going to go down there and, and, and do that kind of stuff? You're not. And so our lives are a testimony. We, the, you know, Paul said that, that we're living epistles in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He said that we are living epistles. Your life speaks about God. Your life speaks about how much you believe God and trust God and how much you live for God. Your life speaks. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on Defending the Faith. I'm Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor over at Gospel Lighthouse Church. And we want you to know that we would love for you to come visit us. Our address is 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. We're a non-denominational congregation. Listen, we meet on Sundays at 1045 in the morning. And then we also have Sunday night services at 6 p.m. Then you can find us on Wednesdays. We have a Bible study at 7 p.m. But we hope to see you at one of our upcoming services. And we're so thankful that you joined us on the radio today. If you have any questions about the program today or a past episode, you can email me. I'm Pastor Kenny at kjcword at gmail.com. That's kjcword at gmail.com. Until we see you again, may God richly bless you. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.